Welcome to the Lemongrass Podcast number three. Today we're talking about the Tidal site, and we're also talking about the change of face of Camden, and we're introducing you to the oldest roadie in the world. Have a listen. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello. Good afternoon. Well, oh, you're being civilised today, you're Joshua. Yeah, we are back. <laughs> this is number three. Yes. This is number three. I'm um, Jack Lonigan. I'm Mike Newman. Joshua Rose. Oh, hello, Joshua Rose. Hello, Mike Newman. Hello. This is the first podcast where we don't have Mr. Doug Weeks with us. Uh, Thank God. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> do love him, don't get me wrong. Uh, don't get me wrong, do love him. But he's better on a boat, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his talents are put to good use, that's, that's for sure. They absolutely are. He so, is currently mashing up the place in uh, Caroline. I think he's in Caroline mm. today. He's uh, on, a, on a boat playing bass. Yeah. On a boat playing bass. On he's, his way to New Orleans. He's crossed the Atlantic by now. Yeah, he he crossed, the, crossed the Atlantic two, two three days ago. Wow. Took him yeah. ages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's quite a strong swimmer. So yeah, he's quite a strong swimmer. But yes, Mr. Weeks, where, wherever you are in the world, as long as you're doing it well, you'll be fine. Mm. But he is, he is actually in Bermuda. Unfortunately... Mm-hmm. The journey isn't as perilous as it used to be, so we're probably gonna, you're you probably going to have him back in a, in a couple of months. So, yes, uh, he'll be back. But then I'm going. Yeah, you're going yeah. very shortly. Going so very we, shortly. We, uh, we wanted to get um, an, one last one with Mike in. Uh, Hello. Yes. And uh, to Before you get some real work done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah, so today we're going to tuck into some... Uh, We've got some quite nice, good to- topics. Nice variety today, of we? topics. We're kind of covering... Every different side of the uh, the music world. We've got um, we're talking about Tidal, the new streaming service from Jay Z. Well, a bit Jay- flow of the tide of the no. stream. <laughs> this guy, oh, no. Uh, so we're off to um, no, we're, we're kicking it off. We're talking about um, the Tidal music service, uh, and that's how the kind of distribution of music is is changing or trying to be changed at the moment. And then we're talking about we're talking about um, the billionaire that has bought Camden Market in uh, London, and we're also talking slightly wide, a little bit more wider about that's not English, a little bit more wider, (laughs) a little bit more wider about uh, general sort of gentrification, how Soho's in trouble. Um, Talking about the Save Our Soho campaign, Save Soho, blah 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 which is a very valid campaign, but we'll be discussing that a little bit later. And the general uh, gentrification of the area that we live in, which is northwest London, um, mm. uh, and how it kind of is affecting the people that are supposedly the creatives and supposedly mm. the people that are getting on with stuff. And then we're talking about um, the world's oldest roadie mm. and arguably the world's first roadie. And then we're going to go into a little bit of detail about what we do in, in the sort of uh, backstage sort of world of music, etc. But should we start? Mm. Yes, let's do it. So I'll do that as a much more compact sting at the beginning. Yeah. You, will be, have, you will have heard, but it, that we do those at the end. It's going to be suave. It's going to be suave. It's going to be really suave. This is a really nice dress that's advertised on here. Well. <laughs> yeah. So, um, with uh, Tidal. Tidal. It's... Yes. So the facts straight out of the gates it existed n- no free service no yeah. which is like big 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 one that's mm-hmm. like it's it's um distancing itself mm. from 
well, Spotify, so, obviously, and sort of yeah. YouTube. So who are, the, who are the streaming players at the moment? We've got YouTube, got Spotify. YouTube is the, the YouTube number is, one. It's searched more, it's, people search more on YouTube than they do on Google now. It's incredible. Mm, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And as far as music, finding new music, there yeah. was a survey I looked at um, a couple of weeks ago. It was just uh, US, just in the American market, but uh-huh. YouTube was like far and away the leading yeah. sort of source of new music for people, um, which is very interesting. But it's also a very large hub for the online community. There's sort of mm, video yeah, sharing. Yeah. Mm. Video sharing, like we have quite a few videos on YouTube and stuff. Yeah, of, all concert um, videos, of, yeah. Yeah, of uh, different concerts, different gigs, different sort of happenings and movings and shakings and all this sort of stuff. But it's, it's just, it's a very free, open platform that mm. enables you to you know, be who you want to be and see what you want to see. Whereas something like Spotify, which I have a subscription to Spotify mm-hmm. and I, I'm, you know, it, uh, I think we'll come back to how much <clears throat> we'll be willing to pay for mm. a Spotify yeah. service. Mm. Um, we'll come back. But then you obviously got uh, SoundCloud, mm-hmm. which is yeah. another brilliant service. It's fantastic, mm-hmm. which yeah. is what this is on. This mm-hmm. podcast is on. SoundCloud is a, is a lot more focused on um, uh, creators uploading Creation, their own yeah. content. Absolutely, and, yeah. and uh, that's yeah. So it, it that occupies a very very cool space. Um, I remember when that space used to be occupied by MySpace. Yeah, mm. I, all you if you had a band back in the day, you yeah. had to had to have your music on MySpace. You put your on your own personal profile. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You used to have your like favorite tracks, so people went on your profile and it would yeah, like crazy. play all the songs that you're into. But in the, in the oh, words wow. of in the words of uh, I think it was uh, Vsauce's Mike mm. uh, Michael from Vsauce, he said, "But how do people in this day and age know who their top ten friends are?" Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's kind of true. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, with um, yes, obviously with the kind of aside from the no free service, obviously. Mm. Jay-Z and his cronies, com- compadres up in the stratospheric heights of like money, Multi- money and fame. Uh, it's, it's the artist-owned mm. kind of model. You were so talking about Kanye West in that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah. fundamentally, what we have to say is that... Kanye uh, West is appalling. I mean, <laughs> there'll be a whole another podcast. Yes, yes, yeah. um, <laughs> we're going to try. This is a personal view. I should not we're, be saying. We're going right to we're going to try and keep this this topic below like five hours. So yeah, <laughs> there's a lot to work with. A lot, of but it's hard. But it's hard when you're talking about a god. You know what I mean? So, yeah, oh, so blasphemy! But fundamentally, we have to say why that they they feel it's you have to charge on the bottom layer. They're offering lossless quality, sixteen bit. Um, one for one on kilobytes per second. Oh, it's going to be an online it's vinyl, flat. man. Basically, yeah. it's flat files. Like yeah. it is just flat files. You well, can no, stream is, yeah. flat files, and it's. I've kind of basically summed up most of Tidal. Yeah. In there. five words. It's like you can stream flat files. Okay, so flat files are a much higher bandwidth. Yeah, a lot, a lot, lot, um, <clears throat> a lot more data Low, much less compressed. So yeah. it's, it's going to numb your bandwidth. If you don't have broadband, yeah, you're, you're pretty so much up there. It's the $10 a month for their premium service, which is their... By premium, they mean standard. It's amazing. Um, That's an incredible and double their, speak. And their, and their high fidelity tier, which is the 
the nineteen ninety nine mm-hmm. dollars a month. Yeah, which is in itself like mm, okay. Uh, I think that's two hundred and forty quid a month. Well, but Bob, <laughs> a year, Bob, sorry, Bob left put it very well. Um, Who? This guy, okay, um, music journalist. Really, oh, really left sets. in his left sets letter. Um, I love it. He finished it off with like, if if all you read of his um, sort of thing, uh, his kind of articles, whatever. This. Are they, as in the public, are they going to fork over triple digits a year to stream on Tidal? It's true. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, uh, ask question. yourself that. Um, I mean, you get, apparently you get 75,000 videos, exclusive content. Mm-hmm. It's all still sort of fairly early days as far as... The, CEO selection is. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as far as like the, the interface that you're actually using, yeah. it's quite... Um, sort of reasonably similar to Spotify. Apparently, there's quite a lot of um, holes in their actual library of music, especially if your tastes aren't kind of straight down the middle of the road. If you like, well, this is the same with the same with whatever. Same with Spotify. There are, there well, are things that are not on Spotify. Uh, yeah, but apparently, like apparently, comparatively, okay, there's um, quite a Tidal, If you like stuff that's you know not straight down the middle of the road, you might not find. Apparently, there's no Strokes on Tidal and The Strokes. Okay. Like that that crazy awesome band The Strokes. Like mm-hmm. I mean that might be a personal decision or whatever, but you think like that's for me that's a bit like twenty dollars a month? Yeah. Like <laughs> twenty dollars a month for not the strokes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but okay, so I, I pay at the moment I pay nine ninety nine a month. Yeah, so do for I for Spotify. Okay. Now, from what I've seen from the um, articles and the videos that they've put out, because they called a big meeting, and I know that Mm. Daft Punk were there, and that woman that tried to hang herself on TV was there as well. Um, Madonna. Oh, 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 Madonna. Madonna. (laughs) Madonna was there. Um, Beyonce, Uh, Rihanna. Bonsi, Rihanna. (laughs) And then they let some guy that just can't close his mouth properly, and he was just talking complete drivel, and then he tried to run out into the middle of a lake. Right. Um, <laughs> I can't rem- who was that? Oh, Kanye West. <laughs> Kanye West was there, and I think there was a lot of what? Oh, there was loads of people there. There's a perfect way to sum it up. From this BBC article, they've linked a tweet from um, at Eddie Chemical. <laughs> Preferred title when it was called Avengers Assemble. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, they, they have this massive, massive get together minus the Hulk. I mean, <laughs> Oh no, that was the one that tried to hang herself. No. Oh, seen her arms. Seen her arms. I've seen her arms in flesh. She's pretty built. She's like Bam. boom hench. They were like they were well, when we were at the Brits we had there was, you know, what? 20, 25, maybe 30 dancers around her. Yeah. And they were all like, you know, not oh, only lean. keeping a periphery, not only keeping periphery from her in order to, like, you know, highlight her in the middle aura of the and reverence yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But, like, you get too close to her. She match up, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm surprised, I'm surprised that the actual costume designer survived the, the yeah. well, actually, that's another yeah. story. Anyway. Yeah, I can imagine on the, on the day of the Brits, A&E oh. were like, We've had um, mm. we've had an un- unusually high number of Madonna-related incidents. <laughs> yeah. As the She-Hulk left the stage. <laughs> one of, one of anyway. the things I'm thinking is like, aside from the money, do you do you really feel like the artists are worth that? 
in the sense like this, the people who are championing it, it's almost like you know, it's coming from a good place, money in the hands of the artists, that sort of thing. That's but the it's big like thing that they've been trying to champion. You're all super successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's is it is it really? It feels to me like it's almost going to be like a pseudo major label, just mm. just being run by. Obviously, not a record label because it's a streaming service, but like that same kind of place. There's sort of it sort of but occupies the same space just because they're so like yeah. megalithic. Def- define like. define a record label. A record label would well, be yeah. someone that takes someone under their wing, gives them a shed load of cash, mm. gets their gets their music to a point that they can then monetize it, sell it, get it out of the door, get them on the get them on the tours. Well, actually, not get them on the tours because that's the yeah. booking agents. Yeah, yeah. And the record labels yeah. work with the booking agents. They're different guys. So mm. this streaming service is essentially a new form of record label. Yeah. There is definitely an element, uh, but of that, there is there is the thing the the thing that I've noticed with this title stuff is that they are trying to champion that the money is getting back to the artists and the people that have created the thing. Well, this that is... they're trying to do. So why is the music that's available on it? All the stuff that's in the top forties. Well, this is because that's making loads of money. This is yeah. the people that aren't. <laughs> the streaming, yeah. the nature of revenue from streaming, uh, money. When money changes hands, it first goes into the hands of the people who own the masters. Often the labels. Yes, I was gonna. I was gonna say Jay Z owns his own masters. Yeah, and it's like, well, first of all congratulations you're mm. a business savvy guy second of all you're like a infinitesimal like super super small <laughs> percentage of people who make music yeah, like absolutely. nobody owns their own masters unless you're like completely right independent. way at the bottom in, as far as like having loads of money mm-hmm. yeah independent and like but also the guys that working, made those records way up there yes he owns the he owns the masters fantastic he does on the masters brilliant. So does the recording engineer get his cut? Does mm. the guy that played the drums get his cut? Does the guy that played the bloody you know the actual yeah. musicians on that track? Yeah. If that was if that was repaired because that's the stuff that's broken down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To the point that musicians, as in people that we are, we now worked at the point of I will pay you a session fee of forty fifty. To 200, 300 quid, you know, for a one day session. Uh, I will pay you this, and then that is the end of your involvement with it. Mm. All right? And then the songwriter or the person that is then paying, shelling out all the dollar for it, as it were, you know, accrues all the money once mm. the once the copyrights come, once the actual PPL and the PRS start rolling in on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, where. Does it differ from a normal record label? Well, this is the thing. It's like I feel like it has more more to do if if it wants to convince everybody that it is the sort of the good nature thing that it says it is. Like you know, it's giving you the giving fans exclusive content and this sort of thing. But then it's like. The, the video Beyonce put up was on YouTube two days later. Yeah, and it's, it's like the exclusive reason to go and get it for Beyonce like, fans was then. Yeah, gone. Like the song is available elsewhere. They're, they're, what are you offering that's genuinely it unique? It seems like they they're coming from a good place. The people who are like in control, but they're slightly misguided in their views think, as to what 
not not what people want, but how people behave. Sort yeah, of how the, the people they're pitching to it. It's like if it's on YouTube, people will watch it yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's simple. Well, as well that. so so here it is again. Like I'm, I I feel like I'm probably going to keep coming back to this. Uh, when you're really talking about what it offers people, it's by words. You can stream flat files. Yeah. Like yeah. really, it's... functionally for yeah. anyone in their day to day life, that is what they're going to get. And who's going to pay nine ninety nine for the premium service? Yeah. When that the whole point of it is something that already exists in the public eye, in Spotify for that where the, the actually genuine premium service is that price, or in YouTube where there is no price, mm. where people are getting their stuff for free, and because of the nature of their listening to it, they don't care about the quality enough. The only thing that Tidal is offering is higher quality. So when you see these trends of people generally working going more towards convenience rather than quality mm. you come out saying we're going to change the game by offering everyone higher quality now as art, as artists personally if it was in, if it was entirely as they claim it to be of really fair pay on the artist side yeah. and you get incredible quality music out that would be a dream come true for mm. all of us mm. but the reality of the matter is that it just doesn't work yeah. quite so black and white as that so if it had the traceability are they deluded about yeah. it if it had or the traceability with the with soundcloud what i really like about soundcloud is it is <clears throat> it is a platform in order in that you can actually get back to the person that has uploaded this mm. you can get to the person that is actually the <clears throat> artist and vice versa time. for the artist themselves the amount of times when i've been booking shows for example someone has sent me a soundcloud and instead of me then going from SoundCloud to whatever, whatever other social medias, mm-hmm. Twitter, Facebook, whatever, blah, instead of me having to leave SoundCloud, I can get in contact with that band directly. That, yeah. Now then, if that was a case, if that was the case that you could actually do in Tidal, and you could get in touch with people, and you could make that stuff happen, you know, you can have that direct contact, and you know that your money's going there. You okay? You have a slightly higher con- uh, quality. That's also good, um, you know. It, it's it's if you're spending two hundred and forty quid a year on this stuff, uh, you're probably gonna have decent speakers in order to play it through. Mm, yeah, we've got nice speakers here. I've got nice headphones. All this sort of stuff. So you would actually be able to notice the yeah. quality difference. No one's mm. trying to. No one's trying to say, oh yeah, but MP3 sounds sounds the same. Sounds fine. It's yeah. sound, it, it it it's passable, if but it is pay, not. If people care, sorry, they it, will pay. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But the thing is, is yeah, it, they do that it, in their speakers, people. not on their streaming service. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they buy a record. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. They buy the LP. Or they'd buy... Like, I, I'm absolutely loving the resurgence in vinyl releases yeah, at the moment. Yeah. I think that's brilliant because it is one of the finest ways to listen to music because it's especially so, so in-depth. Especially jazz and pop, like, mm. which yeah. are the two, for the past hundred years, they're the two major things that people yeah. have been buying. Just to take this to a, to, like, back to an earlier um, kind of uh, quality conversation that I completely missed out on, but my aunt told me about. My aunt is very into um, um, orchestral music and choral music, and um, I I said to her like I really enjoy the sound of finals because you know when you get the kind of authenticity of the of the release sounds and because of valve amps becoming a, like there's there's a lot of sonic reasons why vinyl and the way of recording to vinyl is pleasing to the human ear. Mm. And so I was saying all this to my aunt, and she was like. 
I, I don't understand the resurgence of it. When I when I get a when CDs came out for the first time and I was able to listen to like chamber orchestras and and different um, arrangements like this, I was able to finally put them in to my hi-fi system, um, get the levels right so it sounded like the players were in the room with me mm-hmm. and I was listening to it at a realistic volume and there was absolutely no colouring from the from the medium from the itself. Media. And yeah. I when I heard that I used to do that with that Queen. Blew, mm. That blew my mind because I was I was I was so used to recording techniques being such a big part of the music that I listened to. Yeah. Um that when when she talked about uh okay this is a new this is a new kind of quality of, of audio mm. Uh, that allows me to emulate being at the concert and just having a chamber orchestra in my yeah, yeah, yeah. house. Absolutely, that's an amazing idea. And then I feel like Tidal is trying to claim a similar level of of this is what this now does. But to then you in a, in an entirely a different market, who perhaps don't have the yeah. same perspective of their music tastes and that sort of thing and I mean, we don't, what they want from their music and we don't have the immediacy of, of how they marketed CDs when they first came out <clears throat> but the thing is that that was a very linear time of audio development yeah. where because uh, they were just more useful than vinyl that had come before yeah. and they had like a more kind of one to one recording quality to them so people naturally go okay we're on to CDs now mm. well and then since then, well, it's it was, been more we're convenient. On to, we're on to tape. Now we're on to yeah. CDs. Well, yes, yeah, the yeah. The thing is, I think the reason why... One of the reasons why sort of Tidal's causing a bit of a stir is that it's almost claiming to be kind of... Not revolutionary, but you, you see what I'm saying? It's claiming to be like... We are like, the new yeah, thing like on the wild, block. Wildly different. Do you remember when thing. things sounded good? Yeah, but uh, the, yes. But yeah. The, but like going back to this this guy Bob Left sets. He's quite opinionated. I don't necessarily agree with everything he says. He's very interesting. A, a lot of the time, right he up. hits the nail on the head. And it, his this sort of article kind of is the crux of it is the fragmentation that something like Tidal kind of adds. Just saying like. Um, so you've got everything exclusive on Tidal. Well, the iTunes store aren't going to promote you now. Yeah. Mm. And and all this sort of thing. And how do future artists kind of break into it when it's so fragmented and you, you're sort of... You're hurting the whole uh-huh. by trying to, like... Trying to break away from it. And just this kind of thing. It's really interesting, actually. It is... Yeah, he's got some really sort of... um really kind of interesting takes on it where he does just hit it on the head and he's yeah. just saying like the whole attitude for it. It's like, <laughs> this has made me laugh. It's talking about the kind of, the way he in- imagines the sort of typical customer of, of Tidal. Uh, a kid waiting for their their parent to put cash on their credit card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that that kind of thing. Oh, and it's God. like... That's so true though. And that he's is just, so true. He literally, he literally says here, and I quote, therefore it's dead on arrival. Like oh. and just literally, he's <laughs> so he's so like right down to the bone with it. But in um, in in very current news with mm. Tidal, Jay Z has left. No, mm. he hasn't. Hasn't no he? no. Andy well, Chen, the CEO, has uh, after two weeks after the launch, has been uh, replaced for one reason or another, and they are looking. It, it appears as if they're looking for a new CEO. Andy um, Chen. Andy Chen. 
but they have an Good interim. Name. They have an interim CEO of uh, Peter Tonstad, who is uh, the ex CEO of Aspiro, who is the Swedish company that Jay Z bought Tidal off in the first place. Because mm, Tidal has existed for a short amount of time. Um, I don't have the figures in front of me. Tidal... I believe it was around. 12,000 people were on the service? What, at the end of 2014, there were 50,000 paying, 50, paying users. Um, compared to Spotify's 15 million. Uh, <coughs> yeah. The last, sorry, est- the last sorry. estimate I read was 580,000 after that, since Jay-Z. Ah, Quote, okay. but instead of only serving up compressed music formats like MP3 and OGG, as do Spotify, Google Play Music, and most others... Tidal offers music at CD quality. Okay, so this <clears throat> essentially is an online storage facility for unscratchable CDs. Yes, yeah. Um, also known as mini discs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, mini discs. Mini discs, man. I used oh, to do. I did brass band back. recordings on mini discs because that was like boom old. This Run probe in, much love. My mum had a mini disc tape recorder. This is really, like really well, striking mini disc recorder, me as right? like a weird topic, though, in the sense that. I feel like we kind of don't really know where we stand with it. Do you know Absolutely. what I mean? It's like, I do the, not know where I stand with it. All the attitudes kind of that are swirling around are yeah. like the thing I don't is, know is what, it's are the, you um, are you trying to make money? Are you yeah. trying well, to yeah. this, care? They're like, selling it. Know. They're selling it on the this will be the best sounding thing that will be available online. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. To be honest, that is not what. W- Myself in the music community, I'm speaking only for myself, obviously, but I think you guys will think you guys will back me up. That's not what I care about. I I do I I kind of like almost you know you 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 do the search through YouTube and you come across the ones that are on 240p and uh, 720p yeah. and then you find the one that is absolutely amazing quality. And the reason it's amazing quality is because you've got a good sound engineer that's put a microphone in the right place yeah. and has done his job well. And it gives you an accurate representation of what that sounds like. Yes. For what you need it to do, right? Mm. Whereas if you spend your life listening to music online and that's exactly what you want to do and you are on this thing every single day, every single hour of every single day and the quality, the the, the potential quality that this offers for, offers to you, go for it. Do it. I hundred percent agree with it. But what we are gen, what I am generally concerned about, and I hope you guys will back me up, is it is about the back of house traceability. Where does the money, the two hundred and forty quid, go? That's yeah. the main <clears> thing. The is it going to the artists? The people you're paying. Yeah. yeah. Is it going to the artists, or is it just going to the record companies that own the masters? Is it going to the yeah. guy that owns the masters, or is it going to the artist? Is it going to his band? Is it going to him being able to get to the place so you can go and see him live? Which fundamentally is the best way you'll ever hear it. Mm. So you can listen to it online all you want, but until you're actually in the room watching that person play, you yeah. will fundamentally not know how that person sounds. <clears throat> and it's the it's it's interesting because obviously it's a sort of freemium versus premium mm-hmm. kind of thing. Ooh, and it's premium, like, mm. good word. And it's like because obviously Spotify, you you don't have to pay ad, yeah. ad revenue, whatever, uh, which means. Unless you're in Wales, because <laughs> half of them are in Welsh. Uh, okay. <laughs> just amazing. Most of them are for uh, 
universities that are in Bangor. <laughs> I love Bangor, don't get me wrong, but the adverts on Spotify, I'm sure everybody in Wales will back me up. I heard one from River Trains Wales when I was back there the other day. I was just like, that woman speaks to me about putting bags above my head, and then she comes through on Spotify as well. I was just like, this premium's happening. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's brilliant. I'm getting followed. Yeah. But no, it's, it's And then you give your password out and you can't use it. The, the, kind of, the kind of size of the pie, as it were, like obviously Spotify, there's loads of money kind of swilling around in Spotify. Not a huge amount of it gets to artists, even though they pay out a lot of money as what a company. What was that number? It was make it, losses. There was um, a number that was like 2.4 million. Oh, no. How many? It was like... X number of what? X number of tens of thousands. Of, there we go. This. Thirty-four million streams. Portishead. Thirty-four million streams, and they made just over two thousand five hundred dollars off it. Well, what? Yeah. Thirty-four Whoa. million streams. Well, the thing is, why I wanted to mention that is that's the bit that needs fixing, not this. the quality of the music. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This is the kind mm-hmm. of you know um, what I mean. This is the kind of other side to the debate in a sense, because obviously, um, Portishead have signed a bad deal. And that's why why this is a headline. Um, they've signed a bad deal with their record label. Um, they feel hard done by, fair enough. Uh, is Tidal going to change it? I don't think so. Because there's going to be less money coming in. The size of the pie is going to be smaller, mm-hmm. even if the artists do get more. And even then, you have to convince the people who are in charge of your music to give you more of the money. There's, like, there's one major problem here that really does need to be addressed, and that is that uh, streaming services even paid at Spotify prices, which is something I'm incredibly in- implicit in, that fundamentally you are not putting in, the, the, the people who are paying for Spotify all around the world are not putting in the, anywhere near as much money as... Is as used to be expected on album cycles. Mm-hmm. Anywhere yeah. near enough. I'm paying nine ninety nine a month, whereas before nine ninety nine would be an album. One CD, yeah. yeah. And that used to mean that there, there would be a huge kind of economic flow in there. So that it, economic is this flow the, is has this dropped the death in, throes of an industry. Well, that's this is the problem, right? So there's there's uh, where a huge dropout from underneath the economic support of the music world. Huge yes. dropout, um, and there. So the answer to that is find ways to make more money. Because well, there's money I mean, being made. There if is you're, money if being you made are, elsewhere. Elsewhere, but, but, um, but specifically with this, specifically with consumers putting their money into into the artists. Specifically hands. trying to maintain a fundamentally now broken mm. model. Well, no, yeah. no, no, no. I think it is. No, well, no, no, not for. The, there's a very simple thing here, and it's artist makes music, consumer pays for it. Yeah, that that has, that's what that it is. But changed. at the moment, it's artist makes music, middleman gets involved, that sells the, to consumer, the fundament- consumer gets money back to middleman, for the fun- artists don't get any of it. <clears throat> for the fundamental problem, it, it's worth ignoring that just to, just to make the point of, um, just to make the point that like where where people aren't giving money to anywhere near as much money to the kind of artist pool, as it were, um, the artists, Jay-Z, Madonna, Daft Punk, have come together to, to go, right, so have fundamentally, how do we get people paying enough money for us to all profit from our music in the same way that we used to? 
And exactly. arguably so that is holding up the model. The, model. the thing but, is, but at the same time, that what they're boiling it down to, and I'm I'm saying this because I feel their point needs to be made purely and just just to sit as this side of the argument. Their their point is, um, we uh, we don't make our art for free because we can't live that way. Yeah. They, funnily enough, can, but they, uh, we yeah. put that to one side for one minute. We'll assume that everyone involved in title is penniless without every single money penny they make off title. The reason that they have said, right, we are having an absolute flat rate, ten pounds for anyone just using the service, and then twenty pounds and dollars, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah that is interesting. Um, and but it, the reason, like the reason, the like reason, what, four quid. <coughs> <laughs> the reason that we're, they've put that flat rate on the on the flat one to make it quite a large amount, two hundred forty a year. They've done that to recoup what has been lost through the fact that the culture is now just everybody wants everything for free. The thing is, what I was going to say, you can't discount the fact that... I'm not disagreeing at all. I'm just saying money is like other sort of subsections of the music industry cash flow streams whatever are growing mm. like obviously vinyls that sort of thing live is you know money from tours and stuff still still money from merch yeah yeah you know what I mean? all of this then stuff live is still growing up the rest. <laughs> what, what i'm glad you ended where you did because that's kind of what i was going to lead on to like money is still growing elsewhere the fact of the matter is um people like uh, there's a lot of sort of articles that i've opened just different opinions from um like steve, steve albini the producer other big artists like Mumford and sons people like this saying that um convenience outweighs sound quality um which like you said if people can, can get it for free they'll get it for free and that started so, when file sharing opened. Yeah, you know exactly. That started when tape sharing. No, you know exactly because it's well, it's always been around, yeah, and it it's was when, tape when people was very cool. It's the thing vibe, like people, oh, yeah. people. I'm kind of in the middle of what you were saying about like a broken model and that sort of thing. It's like it would be interesting if something came about, like branded in a similar way to Tidal, like a new thing this is going to change the face of this and that that was just like have it have the music and support this other area i don't know it's really strange like yeah. it's just a what if like mm. okay the, the, they got patreon because i feel like mm. that's the other yeah. side of that coin yeah. absolutely but then also like um there, there, the there are some is, bad attitudes at the top as well so yeah. just quickly like mumford and sons uh one of the guys from mumford and sons saying he doesn't care if people don't pay for his music and it's like because he's getting all his money from a record yeah, label and it's like well that's not what would his label be saying yeah exactly what would his label say if you read that oh I know I'll be ridiculous. interested we'll find out what his label what I just label wanted to, I just wanted like, to um, he is no longer with us he no yeah. longer yeah. has any money at all I just wanted to put that out there because it's like the other side of the very elite sort of a lot of money music people <laughs> it's like yes, it's yeah. like some people are like oh no we we want the sort of grassroots people to get get their money yeah. um which hopefully is what title is all about yeah hopefully if it actually kind of works um and, well okay and the, then you have the guys like this who are like yeah i don't even care it's like well 
that's not good either. Like, why? Why don't yeah. you care? There is there's, there's, a, there's a bit of a bridge. This is going to be a, a, a bit of a link coming in here. This is also <laughs> going to be known as a segue, right? Yeah. This is I'm a, getting professional. We're getting on, here. getting on this segue here. <clears throat> so, what we're talking about here is we are talking about people that are... When I said that the, this is essentially exacerbating a model that has been proved to be very easily broken, which is how things change, people just go like, wait, we used to spend nine ninety nine on this every single time we wanted one of them, and now mm. we can get tens of thousands of them mm. for the same amount of money? Or we can put it with adverts and get it for, for completely free? Mm. Okay, or we can steal it. Or you can, <laughs> or you can steal you it. Steal a car? Absolutely. Yeah. Wouldn't steal it. Would if I could? <laughs> you steal don't know me. I would if I walked around with a coat hanger. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is you know, we we do kind of live in this era where things are changing very rapidly. At mm. least they should be, mm. because there's a lot of things that are wrong. There's a lot of things that have changed. There's a lot of things that need to change. There's a lot of things that still have yet to change in society. Mm -hmm. Aside from music, society in general. We've had the internet barely, barely 10 years now. At the speed that it is now, we've had it barely six years. You know? And the way that we actually interact... I actually watched uh, watched a documentary... Um, uh, the other day it was uh, Jeremy Clarkson's uh, inventions that changed the world right and it was about the telephone and <clears throat> how it went how it went from uh, the telegram which was uh, essentially Morse code mm. that was then translated mm. and then it went to the transmission of a voice instead of a tone down yeah. the electro electronic cable mm -hmm. which was then also the start of the microphone yeah you see, yeah. so. But the thing is, is then he sat down in this room with this lady who was a socio uh, sociologist, and uh, he just spoke to six people on the phone, and he had photographs of each of the six people, and he said, and the task was that he had to line up each of these the photos to the voice, to yeah. the voice. and he just asked a number of questions, blah blah blah. And was like, right, well, that's you, that's this, that, yeah, yes. And he got them all right. And then she said, can you tell if any of them like you? <laughs> and he said, I'm Jeremy Clarkson. And he was just like, <laughs> nobody likes he, me. No, he was just like, <laughs> no, of course they do, it's me. You know, yeah. but I do he did. quite he, like Jeremy Clarkson. I, yeah, I'm really <laughs> But, you know, I, I, his journalism outside of what he's done for the BBC with regards to the war stories and stuff is some of the best, mm. some of the best um, accurate storytelling and factual descriptions I've ever seen. Anyway, um, what I'm trying to get at is that we are at the point in time where we can either go, uh, we are going to let the people that have, oh, I nearly swore <laughs> quite loudly. <laughs> we we've, we can let the people that have run it into the ground, keep running it into the ground and then pulling it back out and running it and pulling it back out and running it and pulling mm. it back out and running it mm. until they finally grind us down into the, into the, you know the dirt. the actual people that they want us to be. Oh, oh rather, <laughs> rather, which is people that just yeah. throw money into their corporations. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, or we can, or we can get back to the point of we are essentially social beings. Hmm. Hmm. And that would be nice. You know, we are social beings, and this the internet has 
uh, incidentally, the the tie-in for the Jeremy Clarkson thing is the amount of time that people send spend sending texts and being on their phone is ironically directly directly the same um, uh, format and technology as Morse code. So it is the same. It is just. Mm. Da, 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 da. It's just billions of those at yeah. one time, and that's a web page. Yeah. All right. So cool. ironically, it's gone. It, we went all the way through that, and yeah. then we went to speech, and then we've come back. Yeah. You see. Yeah. So we have this. Blah blah blah. I I am digressing somewhat, but I'm just trying to broaden this a little bit wider away from music yeah, because yeah. we are more concerned in music for the people that are actually that are putting the work in. To do the, the community to do well off it, it's yeah, the community. The, it's the community aspect. Yeah. The industry is not doing that well no. because the industry is absolutely massive. They can't change direction very well. No. They can't adapt very well. And when they do, it comes out and it's clumsy. Which is this? Yeah. Which is tidal, for example. Like that. It's, yeah. And music. it's it's just massive, huge. We're going to spend a billion quid on this, and we're going to spend X number of million pounds on getting this company. one. Oh no! Wait there. It's already changed. They still go ahead with it because they've spent so much money in it. Yeah, it's a marketing campaign where it's like full steam ahead for like a really short time. Yeah. It's like, did you do research? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> did you do all those? Well, you see, and the, but then you also see it in the gentrification of an area. Yes. Mm, yeah. You see it where people rock up to an area and they just go, "No, we will be the leading cocktail bar in this area." Mm-hmm. And you just go, yes, but what about that place there that does all craft beers? And what about that place there that does all specific whiskies and rums yeah. and mm. really good cocktails and all this sort of stuff and is generally a nicer place to be? Did you do mm. your market research yeah. in this area? No. You just came in and just blunderbust walked in mm-hmm. and just... <laughs> I think we know what, what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's interesting there because that's like, that's like that is the same attitude as Tidal with like, no, I'm right. This is This idea is... As good as I think it is. I yeah. will charge five and pounds for this loaf of bread because I put the work into yeah. it. How, how, okay, how often is... How often are <laughs> if you... If I build it, they you... will come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but how often is it that thing of like... There's that, there's that like... There's a the kind of really inspirational like, thing that gets really pushed around in, in films, media and society. And I generally think it is a good message of like... If you believe in yourself and you always work to it, you can achieve anything. And it's like... I feel like... That that concept, whether spoken or unspoken, is never taken with a pinch of salt anymore. There mm. is never, there is never the sense of like you can achieve anything you want to achieve, but you'll have to hone your idea down to make it work yeah. in, in the grand scheme of things. Because yeah. it's not just that you can achieve anything; you 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 have to achieve that with six nine 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 other people doing it like yeah, all the yeah. same time like this you is, have to make down. everything work with the people yeah. around you you can't just go in and go it's my dream to serve you eight pound cocktails in an area where it's my dream to serve you eight pound cocktails thanks man thanks, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh god I'll stop right here oh right on right yeah. on <laughs> but the thing is, is tying that back into music Right, <laughs> tying that back to music is we do come back to the point of we are in a culture that celebrates mediocrity. Ooh, okay. a heavy line to drop yeah, out there. Yeah. I want to, I want to hear where you're going with this. It's, we are in a society that celebrates mediocrity. There used to be a point in time where musicians were 
this is actually I'm touching on an article that I know you're going to talk about next next time, which is the mm. Bill Withers article. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. 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 That's going to be fantastic. Mm. So good. But he says he says oh. that. Sorry, step on Bill Withers. Shut up. If you don't know it, check it out. <laughs> he he's talking about uh, back when he was uh, making his mark yeah. and he's made one bit of a mark mm. just a bit but he has now completely walked away from it mm. uh, but completely back when he was walked away and he can walk well. around the park in New York that is named after him and no one knows who he is yeah alright anyway I know you want to talk yeah, about yeah, that yeah, next yeah, week yeah, but yeah, he, the he comes back point. the fundamental point is he just says I can't remember what the quote is but he just says you could get any any broad that could fat, fat ugly broad. Any fat ugly broad could get up and be absolutely beautiful because of what she could do with her voice. She could be a star by yeah. being she talented. She could be a star by being talented, and that is not the case anymore. Well, you think like Ella Fitzgerald? Was, a, she wasn't like the only slenderest woman on the yeah. planet. Let's not just go amazing. around calling people ugly, but that's not that's no, not no, the no. point. No. But no, and no, I know, I know what you mean. She's captivating to her watch. voice is one of the most beautiful sounds. Absolutely. On, so what like, are we working at the moment? What are we working in the moment? There is there's two sides. There's so many different sides, so many different facets to the music community, not industry. The industry, mm. I would say, is the you look like a lollipop that has just been sandblasted with an inch of your life, dipped in uh, in. Orange a paint. funny coloured <laughs> funny coloured sheep dip thrust out onto a stage with a CD track playing behind you and we work as some we work as some of these guys that actually put these shows together and when you see the amount of technology that goes into making these shows it is terrifying yeah there's a definite beauty and art on that side oh absolutely absolutely but the thing is is it is is playing a computer game and the guys that are doing the back of house don't really give seven bells of anything (laughs) about the people that are standing in front of them on the stage now when you get to the point of you go uh, i've played a number of festivals all over the country all over europe and blah further wherever but um i always get weird i love the like i love the like you were like oh that feels strange so no i've just i've always felt weird when i've toured the world but i've always felt weird when you when you mentioned that but anyway um when you go and you go to the, the you go to the um, uh, music festivals and you go to the venues that are owned and run by people that really really care about what is going on on that stage, mm-hmm. about what is going on through their PA system, that is music for mm-hmm. me. Whereas you, but then on the. St- Flip of the same coin, the people that are occupying the eighty thousand plus stadiums, you know, mm-hmm. are, are apologies for the noise in the background, flatmates, um, are just, you know, they are a product of this massive industry that is above them, mm. that is literally focusing all of its might on mm. this one person well, in order to get it apart. Speaking, speaking of focusing all of your might onto one not person but area area community mm-hmm. um we come we come to the segue that did go off track this yeah, is yeah. Uh, apologies oh, well, all good stuff yeah, all yeah, good yeah. stuff this is the um, we come to the israeli billionaire that has bought camden market in london. london and he bought it teddy sagai sagai i think um paid 665 apologies, million Ted. dollars 
and intends to invest another $330 million more in development. So this guy owns... Um, well, he made his millions uh, in the gambling industry. Fantastic. He Get now, him in that. He, he now owns the stables market, which is Camden Lock, mm-hmm. and that yeah. kind of area. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, which includes Dingwalls and the food market. Yeah, the na- the well. neighbouring Buck Street mm-hmm. market, and he... Um, the canal side site, Hawley Wharf, as well as being involved in the company behind the Shard. I believe they also have... They either own a lot, like a large plot of land with a lot of big, crazy bank buildings on in Canary Wharf, or something like that. Mm-hmm. They own something in Canary Wharf. I can't remember what. Somewhere three So piece. this guy is... Like, he is just on another plane of... Yeah. You know, he just—he's on his own plane. He's what—he's wa- waltzed in. He's waltzed in and opened a briefcase, and it's just exploded with money. And people have just gone, okay, let's let's yeah, let's listen to this guy. Yeah. Um. So this guy's <laughs> going to automatically be good for the area. <laughs> yeah, that's so. So I, I I think I may have got my lines uh, drawn a little bit wrong around the area. So if we could just talk about what musically. Is inside the area of the stables market. Well, well, musically, as I thought, I thought route, of, route was that's, part the, that's of that. the horse hospital. Yeah, it's a different area. Okay, cool. Because you've got stables market where you have the lock, lock seventeen, yes, which yeah, is yeah. the bar, mm-hmm. and then you have the food court that is the food market that is out mm. on top of that, and that is above a venue called Dingwalls. I don't know how he's going to get around this because all of those buildings mm. are very, very, very listed. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, now, I'm all, I'm all for doing. I'm all for taking well, those buildings, gutting them, and completely redoing the insides because they are essentially empty shells anyway. But if he goes in there yeah. and just bulldozes the whole thing and then slaps a whole ton of beige paint on it, mm-hmm. he's going to get some backlash. He's going to get some backlash if he even thinks about it. Yeah, but if if we do end up with another, uh, oh wow, yeah. is that the? That's a well, it's an artist's, artist's impression, impression, and unfortunately, it doesn't reveal. I don't, you know, you don't. There's no sort of uh, itinerary as to like what's actually going to be there. Mm-hmm. Going to be a link to this article in the yeah. description. Like do, am- do amenities yeah. and facilities. There's wise, a school going we, there. We don't really know. Well, he w- says. Well, how to go on? Okay, Camden Market is one of the most popular. Why are those people washing dishes now? We did yeah, tell sorry, them. Sorry, we, we got flying loads practicing in the background. <laughs> yeah. um, Camden Market. Camden Market is one of the most popular and successful tourist spots in London with 40 million visitors a year. The compound includes shops, art and antique galleries. In the last years, it has turned into a technological hub and of many startup technology firms, which is true, which is actually encased in the... Um, I've forgotten the name of the building. I think it's the... the it's that one. Uh-huh. The big oh, red remember. one. The big yeah. red one. Uh, the, the, exchange. One. Oh. the Exchange. The Exchange. Um, over the past... Over the last 20 years, Israeli textiles businessman Bibo Kobo owned half of the Such property. Such a cool name. I know. Bibo and in 2005, a group of investors led by Richard Carrig, uh, Caring, I think, uh, bought the rest. Saggy, who made his fortune on online gambling, is expected to invest 1.2 billion shekels. Over $330 million. I don't even, oh, okay. oh, I was just going to say, I don't, I don't even know how much a shekel's worth, but oh. 1.3 billion of them. Well, apparently yeah, 1.3 billion anything. <laughs> really apparently there's $330 million in 1.2 billion shekels. Okay, so, yeah. um, in the development 
of the area. Um, by 2018, Saggy intends to build another new compound next to Campound, next to the Camden compound. Mm. So, okay, <laughs> right big business. We see in Camden Market incredible touristic and business potential, Saggy said. Our vision is to realise the potential with the help of new technology to provide an advanced experience for residents, shop owners and visitors. We have been dealing in real estate for many years, including advanced projects in Germany, long enough to understand the demand and potential. We intend to hold the asset for the long term. <laughs> the, <laughs> the new compound will enable job creation, <laughs> advancement in education and bolstering of a London icon, increasing its appeal to both the locals, tourists in the future. In the future, we plan to identify similar sites in major cities around the world and take part in their development as well. Mm. So, well, fantastic. Yeah. I so, mean, can we just see this map really quick? Yeah. Where is that? Well, that's the lock. That's... Okay, that's the lock. There's the bridge. Look. There's so, the lock. That's where the market would be. Basically, it looks it looks completely different. <laughs> it looks like it's completely it looks, different. It I'm looks just like, trying to find it where looks crowd like a, is. It looks like a hotel and uh, oh, like a couple of other like. I just realized it reminds me. I don't me know. Of, it does uh, characterless. It, well, looks it looks like it looks like it's, you'd fly on Ryan Jet there. Ryan Jet. Ryan, <laughs> it looks like you'd fly EasyJet or Ryanair there. Ryan, Ryan Jet. Jet. Yeah, easier. Do you know what it looks like? <laughs> it looks like the Venetian development mm. in Malaysia. Well, that was the largest single, the largest single um, building ever built. It cost five billion dollars. One one guy bankrolled it, and he owns most of Venice's strip. And he built a new Vegas strip in Malaysia for Crazy. the Japanese market. This um, and I, it's an incredible story. Watch the megastructure this, documentary. This is interesting. It's astonishing, but this... it's tacky as hell. <laughs> <laughs> This, you know, this so it's is not a good comparison um, no. visually. No. Exactly, that's what I mean. This, I didn't know this. Um, apparently, this company, Mace, uh, mm. have a track record of delivery of cultural projects in London. Uh, they were behind the British Museum's World Conservation and Exhibition Centre. Cool. The Tate Modern and the London Eye. That's very cool. Yeah. So it's like, well. Proven track record. With that, mm. with that's cost slightly changed my perspective because it's like if if they did deliver something that was kind of, you know, that's that's quite cool. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, you have to think. Okay, well, what are they sacrificing? Yeah. Um, because if 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 it's something like the London Eye where you pay well, how much is it to go on there? And I don't know. Was I, I, I quid? I don't know. Something. Well, no, it's like thirty-five quid. Oh my god, really? Yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's been money. a long time since I last. Yeah, yeah. I took a friend on there yeah. for her birthday and it came out seventy quid. Yeah, and regretted quid it. Less, and I was just like, <laughs> well, um, didn't even get seasick. Just stayed up at the top. The thing <laughs> is, just got out, started running around it. The thing is, something <laughs> like something like that in place of Camden Lock Market and that sort of thing. It's like. I don't care. But that's I a... really don't care if it's just tourists and whoever shelling out twenty quid a pop or however much it's gonna be for like this exhibition centre or whatever they choose to put there. It's like I'd rather there be market stalls yeah. and stuff like this. I'd mm. rather I'd yeah. rather than like a really small team of people just facilitating Well you can rock up in a day going, yeah. spend spend fifty quid to get a pitch. 
and then give them give them t- t- what is it fifteen percent of your profits at the end of the day. And it's such You've a vibrant do... it's area. It's fantastic. But well, this is just going to be like no, it's run by one person, and you go through this one person. Mm. It, it is run by one person at the moment. To be oh, fair, yeah. the ma- the market manager yeah. is run by is the is the person that you go to. But in the same way that um, Billingsgate Fish Market is now controlled by corporations. Do we want to let Camden be controlled by corporations? Mm. I don't think it needs to be. It's it's a community. It's not mm-hmm. owned and it's not something yeah. that you can... That, there's a fantastic thing that Stephen Fry said when he was talking about the um, after the Great Fire of London. Going back a little bit to redevelopment of London, right? Going back a little bit. 1666, mm-hmm. Great Fire of London. Back a little bit. Yeah. Just a touch. Um... Eradicated the entire Central Mile, the Central like a lot, yeah. a lot of London got like it was over seventy percent was completely destroyed. No one died. No, yeah, I was just more people have died jump. More people have died jumping off the monument to the Great Fire of London than actually died in the Great wow. Fire of London. Anyway, um, <laughs> which is beautiful irony. Um, he then said that you know Christopher Wren put forward this absolutely massive, a little known fact actually is the the timber. Uh, Timber Cathedral that St Paul's replaced was twice the size of St Paul's that is this. there That's at the insane. moment. Yeah. Twice the size. Anyway, and you wonder why the church have influence. Anyway, um, when they came back and they were just like, we're going to make it more like Paris and we're going to make it all straight lines that with roads that don't work and yeah. you know uh, <laughs> people that don't pay attention to anything and I'm driving through there very soon and I don't want it to be a problem. Anyway. Um, when they were when they were talking about how should we rebuild it? Should we plan it like this? Should we do a, a massive internal or blah blah blah? And all the planning took so long that people were just like, "I used to live here, mate, and it's this is my land." <laughs> just drew, just and they just got their stuff together and they built their house exactly as it was, mm-hmm. and all the streets came back exactly as they mm-hmm. were. And some of them changed a little tiny bit, but most people were just like, "No, mate, this is how it grows," mm-hmm. and that's why London is an annoying impossible place to navigate around mm, right. and i wouldn't have it any different well, i'm is, sorry i'm going on a bit of a rant here but I, the thing I, is is it's supposed to be i'm gonna go and get lost in a warren well interestingly um just uh, this bottom of this article here in the kentish towner.co.uk we um, apparently according to this unlike your view mm. most people would agree that Cam- camden and its markets do desperately need to keep up with the culture they help to create and um so essentially the locals want it gentrified so, so that's, and unified. That's really interesting. The locals because want it there because it's going to be the main place that all of the people that are going to go and take a photo while they while they're crossing the bloody road <laughs> are going to go. Mm. To be honest, that's a really interesting uh, quote because depending on what they're referring to, that could either be really on the money and and uh, this really needs to kind of live up to the standard that Camden has kind of built itself up to especially through a lot of people kind of, you know, um, well, it being quite a popular cultural area. Mm. Um, or it could just be uh, the other side of it, like, um, well, <laughs> these guys have been up to it for ages. Come on, like, they, something's got to happen where it kind of like, yeah. they're almost saying nothing. They're saying, oh, well, it's got to change somehow. And you're like... Does it? Yeah, Yeah, that sentence... That sentence it feels like it could either, like, be hinting at a really good point, or just be hot air. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I don't, because I don't know the residents of Camden, like, no one can know the residents of an area, like, fully. Mm. Like, you know people in areas, it's a different thing. So, I could never, I, I really don't think I'd ever be able to comment on it properly, but there's definitely a possibility that that is just them just gassing. And it's mm. kind of like, there's, it, as an area, Camden Market and... Uh, it's the place you go to get of, your bag nicked. <laughs> you know what I mean? I suppose, yeah. But it's well, also the place, you, it's say, also the place you go bring... to get a new bag. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by nicking it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to say one thing that I really dig about Camden is, is it's got a really cool busking vibe. Mm. And that's uh, like, and that is a. But from everybody, a, everybody concerned. Yeah, the people on the market yeah. market stalls are also essentially basket. Mm. It's the same same vibe, and yeah. and it totally feeds into and the that. Food and court's amazing. I'm wondering mm-hmm. the food courts. Oh, mm-hmm. there's a there's a Turkish wraps place. Just go and find it. Just if if you're in that kind <laughs> just of thing, go just behind find it now. And also behind Proud, Ooh. if you go down, this guy is a dude. He's so lovely. Um, he makes uh pizzas in fresh oh, yeah. fresh paninis yeah. that he rolls out, bakes in the oven, and they take like forty seconds to bake. They just go <laughs> like this, cuts them in half, fills them, and they are the best thing in the world. And oh, there are fiver. <laughs> this guy works three other jobs in order to oh, pay the God. rent for that stall because that's what he loves to do. Oh yeah. wow! You know what I mean? And I'm just like, wow. Yeah. Wow! Wow! Yeah, you like, ultimately this. wow. But the thing is, is I, I do want to finish this, quickly yeah, about, the, about the busking, mm. only because there's I've seen some really cool like acts down there, um, mm. and I mean it's been a while since I've been able to actually go and spend some time down there, like without you know being on a load in or doing a gig or something. But um, I've uh, I just remember well one of them was um, uh, some some people we've we've worked with. Uh, uh, the retrospective for love guys they had mm. a small um outfit um i think it was just davide and ale or something and and someone and um we were just walking around and they were there you know and they were part of the community we were like hey how's it going like you're you, you're doing a thing so we stayed yeah. and watched a few songs from them I, I remember watching this uh like gypsy blues band um just out of nowhere all five piece really like like led by someone I could only describe as a 20-something female Johnny Cash. <laughs> and she was incredible. It was a really great band. And I've, that's those are two examples of something that has happened quite a lot yeah. in my time in London. Yeah. And is having a giant... That whole thing become a giant exhibition centre going to allow that to still flourish? Exactly. These canal-side little beautiful Losing little Losing the opportunity to walk to stumble across something. Yeah, yeah. You big know what I mean? Time. Yeah, but also exactly the thing is, it's like, about. yes, okay, it does need a redevelopment. There are things that could be, be done better. And, you know, it's at the moment, one of my favourite things in the world is reappropriation of, of spaces. That's, I think that's one of the best things there is. There's I think it's absolutely fantastic cool because it's, a, it's essentially recycling, but on a building yeah. scale. Yeah. And I like that. But I just really, really, really hope that this doesn't, uh, along with the... I think we'll have to come back to the Soho thing for another for mm. another time. Yeah, we were going to expand on this we're bit more, but I think we have... go to the death of Soho. But I think that is worth a a long chat. Mm, yeah. But yeah. as with the as with the Soho uh, situation, basically they're looking at bulldozing it and replacing the whole thing, <laughs> which is not in any way like literally over my dead body. Mm. But um um, 
Uh, you the... just made that claim in public, I, I should did. say. I did, absolutely. <laughs> um, but Camden, with this regeneration, with it being run by this guy that's just rocking up with billions of pounds... And just going, and yes, and everything's fine, isn't it? That's a very you good just, idea of rich London, I imagine. It's a very good idea of rich London. But, you know, we've already lost Earl's Court to the same people. Not the same people, but the same ilk yes, of yeah. the people. And, you know, Westfields is there and doing its thing. And Shoreditch is already so expensive that it's impossible to live in for the people that actually made it cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Camden is also so impossibly expensive to live in for the people that made it cool that none of them, hardly any of them, live there anymore. Mm. But... With the in, with the sort of inclusion of these guys coming into it, as I there's two things. One, I really hope that it actually revitalizes the area. If they go ahead with that plan, I think the only thing it'll do is add to the facelessness of the area. I can imagine that. And the facelessness of that. London, because it is about you know that mm. whole area is about being able to get the best deal and just asking how much you we can get can it for only... and getting that barter. Whereas if you want to go in and buy the cheapest pencil topper you can do, you can already do that on Oxford Street. We we can only hope that... <laughs> I'm proper bitter in here. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to Mallorca for a month. The thing is... <laughs> we can only hope... I'm done. We can only hope that um, there are more developments. As in... As far as what yeah. we know about it, yeah, yeah, not not like not <laughs> there are more property developments. We, yeah, there we've are, got no. a bit of a problem with this property development. We can just hope there's no, lots no, no. more property. No, we hope there's more developments and that things come out whereby there's perhaps a a breakdown of you know blueprints, blah blah blah. What's actually going to happen here? Um, just... And that things are still encouraged, like the kind of artistry, yeah. the vibrance I'd of the like whole just area. To I just feel happening. Yeah. You know? I d- yeah, I just don't like the fact that no, it's right, you're being like, told this, that it's changing. If this person doesn't want to do it and just walks away from it, one person just has to say, nope, yep. not happening. Yeah. And yeah. everything's changed. The thing is, the impact that he can have on that area is massive. Vast. Like, massive. And, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Anyway, mm. what did you say about seeing a female Johnny Cash? Well, I need to find the name of these guys again because it was on but my. But she was a female Johnny Cash on my phone. Um, she was. She was a, like a female's. Uh, see, it's, um, <coughs> she was in an interesting midpoint between countries and blues and rock, and the band were cooking double bass. You know, um, like you know. But let's talk about the. Let's talk about the roadie that was Johnny oh. Cash's first roadie. So. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. You are on the same yes. yeah. I butchered that. <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you were really not, well. not, not on the same page. page. Not on the same page at all. Never mind. Uh, um, <laughs> okay, well, this, this little chat that we're going to have now is a little short one, and it is uh, from the best paper. Grab your cousin by the what? Anyway. Um, this is from Texas Monthly, which is just the <laughs> so best thing. But wait there, let me just read the, let me read the top of it. So we've got Texas Monthly, politics, food, travel, the culture, Texacania, magazine, archives, and barbecue. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Wait, barbecue's its own section. Barbecue's its own section. <laughs> barbecue's also the only one that's bold. Yeah, yeah it's and more important yeah, than more important than everything else to do with Texas. Cool. Oh, so Texas this is about there, Ben Dorsey, 
who is the first, claimed to be the first roadie ever, who turns 90 next month, May. Congratulations. Wow. Yeah, and has been a roadie since 1950, and in that time he has worked with Willie, uh, Willie Nelson, Waylon, Johnny Cash, June and Carter Cash, Jerry, uh, sorry, Johnny and June Carter Cash, Jerry Jeff, Randy Rogers, Jack Ingram, and pretty much everybody. He's been featured in songs, he's been featured in films, he's been featured in books, he's been featured in magazine articles. Uh, he's been uh, was it, given, um, sorry, uh, Dorsey, who turns 90 in May, uh, started as a band boy in 1950 for Hank Thompson in that day. He was more of a personal valet than a seasoned road crew. Celebrated in songs by Motorhead and Tenacious D. Oh, wow. Awesome. <laughs> or in screen by the 1980s cult classic filmed in Austin, Roadie, starring Meatloaf. <laughs> That's pretty cool. In the, 60, in the 65 years since then, Dorsey has toured and or worked with Ray Price, uh, with whom he relocated to Nashville for half a decade. As you do. Elvis Presley, when he was young. Buck Owens, Patsy Cline, Merrill Haggard, Waylon Jennings, Leon Payne, Johnny Bush, Johnny Cash, Farron Young, Jerry Jeff Walker, David Allen Coe, and Willie Nelson, among countless others lost to time. That's I wish we could have had like a fade out on the countless list of names. Countless others yeah. lost to time. That is just astonishing. Wow. So, um... Uh... Good man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just ridiculous Sorry. person. Um... Uh, there's there's a lovely little little article here. Okay, during a five year diversion uh, to Hollywood in the sixties, he was five a delivery yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was a delivery man for Nudie Cone, Taylor to the singing and later Rhinestone Cowboys, um, the and later a gardener. Sorry, what? And later a gardener and chauffeur for John Wayne. <laughs> for whom whom he met while playing a Tennessee volunteer in the Alamo Alamo film. <laughs> Along the way, he danced with Anne Margaret, rubbed shoulders with Sinatra, and shared a private gro- joke with Malvin Monroe. Oh well, I he also said Malvin Monroe. Malvin yeah, Monroe. Like... <laughs> uh, um, Hello. Name's Malvin. Uh, yeah, Malvin. he left school pretty young. Um, in well, he uh, dropping out of high school in San Antonio. He toured with the Ice Capades, a kind of ice skating spectacle, <laughs> <laughs> which is just cool. That's and a brilliant name. May have been bound for the Winter Olympics before World War Two interceded. Uh, <laughs> he served on an aircraft carrier in the South Pacific and still carries shrapnel in his knee from a Japanese oh zero God, at the Battle Cape of Gloucester. Yeah, it's ridiculous, <laughs> isn't it? He's just amazing. Um, Dorsey was the first inductee to the Roadie Hall of Fame in Nashville in 2009. And he now serves as a a new generation of Willie Disciples and (laughs) (laughs) and Dizines of the Road performer like Kevin Fowler. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Just running on. uh, What a guy. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. Um, just so, just before you carry on quickly, I yeah. should say that like with lemongrass stuff, we we kind of always came from the point of view of of making gigs great for everybody involved. Yeah, and through through kind of you know being attempting to be respectful people, and through working <laughs> as uh, working you know backstage a lot <laughs> ourselves, mm. like Mike especially. What? Um, I'm sorry, I was we, reading. <laughs> 
Lemongrass has a big respect for the roadie. Oh, Huge absolutely, absolutely. Oh, I mean, we spent we last are night, we spent yeah. last night nine till six this morning, taking in best part of thirty tons of equipment at the Palladium, mm, and yeah. you know so we were doing, doing it well. well, well. We did yeah, it really last, well. We, sh- we shaved smoothly. We really shaved smoothly. four hours off our turnaround time yeah. last night because if they weren't steaming those drapes, which they looked just yeah. looks like. Gary, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's appalling. Watch it, it, no, it's not appalling. Watch the Palladium, like the Sunday night, the Sunday night of the London Palladium it, on ITV, and cool. you will see our handiwork. It turns out, doesn't it? It does turn out, oh, and yeah. it's just just incredible. But we're building it over cats. Anyway, listen to last week. Listen to last week, and then we we talked about it then, yes, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. Last time, um, uh, in Dorsey, they discovered the living embodiment of the principles that drive them, so to speak, towards the elusive horizon. Or at the very least, that was really lyrical. They've been they've mm. been on the receiving end of Ben's living credo, and all his advice to all those who fall within his purview, which is, and I apologise for this, get your shit together. Ooh. <laughs> right? Yeah. Apologies for the word, the swear word, but so true. Mm. Like, so true. Yeah. I yeah. cannot. I cannot. If you want to work in. Now, I'm just generally saying this because I've only just gotten around to actually doing this for myself, right? And there is, there's a couple of things that this guy does generally embody to me. And it is like, if you want to do something well, do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to work in music, get your shit together mm-hmm. because no one's going to do it for you. Yeah, of course. The yeah. days of someone wanting to do it for you is not going to happen anymore. It does not happen. And people will help you. People will come along the way, but you've got to push back as equally as they push forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? But anyway, the oft-repeated motto recently adorned the commemorative T-shirt for the third annual Ben Dorsey Day, oh, held awesome. February twenty-second at John uh, John T. Floor County Store in Hillstows, in the northwest outskirts of San Antonio. Uh, yeah, um, there's just this this guy has just been doing it since old father time, and you come, we come across guys that have they they well they refer to themselves as lifers, and it is literally uh, you know I'm I'm more than happy to say that I am on track to be a lifer. Yeah, see I can I mean. see that in you big time. And the thing is, is like you see you see people that are have been involved with rock and roll. Like example, there was this guy that was shirking, was just flaring up, and he's sort of very early twenties. And there was this guy that was just flaring up, and we've been working with this. Uh, well, can we name him? I think we'll name him. Basically, he's a boss, such a nice bloke, Jeddy. Oh, yeah. oh, hit, right, oh, king among men, king yeah, among oh. men, king <laughs> among men, right? Yeah, and there was this respect. little like. Really big respect. It's Jeddy the Jedi. He's an Australian bloke. He's lovely. He will actually get him on a podcast. Yes, oh, that'd be great. that would be so he's cool. Fantastic. And he is a, he is a lifer. He's been doing it all his life. But he's a bass player and he's a bit of a singer as well. And he's done mm. all the he's done all the performance side it's of it. Around. And then he just enjoyed the sort of side of the work that I really enjoy as well, which is that if this goes wrong, you're gonna get dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of like so that. Let's do it I like right. that side of it. You yeah. know what I mean. And if you do it right, there's a lot of appreciation for you when you get it right. 
Yeah. Ironically, there's a lot of appreciation for that monetarily mm-hmm. if you get it right. Sometimes you earn more than the people that are on the stage. Yeah. I don't really feel comfortable with that situation, but I think we'll come back to that another date. People would rather pay you for doing a job very right than pay whatever you'd have to pay if something went very wrong. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Although I did need to cost us 20,000 quid in screen mm. the other day. <laughs> Oops! But everybody's allowed one. It's fine. I didn't. Mm. It was cleaned. It was fine. Don't paint on screens. ND. No, no. I didn't do it on purpose. No, it wasn't like, we're going to mural this. Yeah. Like, These are LEDs, they're too bright. Right? <laughs> this isn't, this a nice grey would go well with that. This is an HD LED backdrop screen, and I'm just going to roll silver paint all over it. Oops. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but Jeddy, anyway, he was talking oh, to me yeah, the other day. Yeah. Talking to me the other day, and he was just like, there was another guy that there was a. He was telling me about a situation that had flared up a couple of years ago with him. That was, um, there was this kid that was like twenty two, and he was just shouting his mouth off and running it and all this sort of stuff. And Jeddy just turned to him and was just like, "Mate, I've been doing rock and roll twice as long as you've been alive. <laughs> Shut your mouth if you want to live." <laughs> <laughs> Right. Oh wow. And the thing is is when you see the people when like And that's true. That's yeah. not just a, yeah. I'm exaggerating to make my point. Yeah. That yeah. is true. Yeah. It's like the amount of times the amount of times because I'm, you know, on the younger end of the spectrum as it would being 25 at the end of the month. <gasps> 25. Oh my god. Never mind. I but I've it's been fine. You've I've, got 4 years left. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> now I've got 2 years left if I want to get yeah. it, get it really done. Oh yeah, good, good point. Good point. But anyway, um I've been doing this for a long time. Mm, I can't yeah. remember a time that I haven't done this. And I did I did actually do my first show that I was on stage 22 years ago. Mm. And... Yeah, we come from a similar background. Exactly. You, you, we, both, we all mm. three come from a similar background where this has literally been a point where you have done... Your parents have been lifers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you've been brought up in it and all this sort of stuff. And you do get a sense, a sense of... Um, Reverence for the people that still have all their fingers, but they're all like oh man, sixty I, odd. Yeah. You know I, the I mean? little side note: I am baffled by the amount of roadies that have all their fingers. Yeah, <laughs> especially when you it's, talk to them. It's <laughs> 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 no, it's a real testament to like the whole point of getting getting a out show the way. together <laughs> and making it work. Like there really is a mindset of of look. Like if, when when people are, are just mucking about, that it really does speak to someone that, that you'll just like the boss will take aside one person who is um like fundamentally a small cock in what is a giant plan that's all mapped out in their head mm. and they'll be they'll be able to say look there is something far bigger than just you getting home and getting your stuff done and being annoyed about what's going on and that's mm. the safety of everyone involved here and the fact that the show running smoothly will make all of our lives as good as they can be from this job yeah but and unfortunately that is, that's we also, a brilliant thing to yeah. have as a cornerstone of any job or business or workplace yeah. but this one is such a tactile environment that everyone's still got their it's, fingers it's you know? cathartic <laughs> it's it only takes cathartic. one moment for that, yeah. that to get chopped off you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also the bosses that are still doing that as was proved last night the bosses that are mapping it out in their head that are planning all of this sort of stuff that are like running on so many different cylinders still have the time to teach you how to sweep a stage yeah <laughs> yeah you know I want I'll, I'll take the flag on that one that was... so I was I, was, <laughs> I have to admit if there's one skill that I don't have uh, manual labour <laughs> ma- oh wow <laughs> Woo! I'll, I'll, actually, no, I'll actually take that one I'm I'll actually take that one I was a bit of a I was a bit of a milk faced kid 
and uh, <laughs> well, and, yeah. Up. So so I yeah like uh, um, I I was sweeping and 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 the boss was like yeah uh, you don't do this much do you and I was like. I've sweeped about twice. We always had a Hoover. <laughs> like, and he was like, right, so you do it like this. And I remember um, I said, it's embarrassing that that's the thing that I have to learn how to do off the boss. And he was like, there's an art to everything, man. Yeah. And I, was, I couldn't agree more. There is an art to everything. But the thing is, is the reason that he's the boss and the reason that he knows that is because he spent years doing exactly yeah, that. exactly what I said. He you know got, what I mean? There's a logical progression to yeah. all those guys that are at the top. Rather than I've gone to college and I've just walked out of it and I understand all of this sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. That, isn't, that does not wash. No, it's like he's done, he's done everything. You Every have, he's done t- everything. tiny, tiny little element of the job and made each one as good as he can yeah, yeah. And which is why he's now in charge yeah. but we'll, I'm also going to get him on a podcast yeah. we'll have to timetable it yeah, but yeah, I'm going to yeah. get this, him on a podcast this person the boss is not Je- Jedi the Aussie is yeah. Jedi, the Aussie. Jedi the Aussie mm-hmm. is a boss among himself yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. he actually has a very couple of very exciting prospects so we will be coming back to Jedi yes. mm-hmm. yeah, which is excellent. very interesting excellent. we'll discuss that off microphone <laughs> yeah. but anyway yes. um, the, the boss boss Mr. Wesley Moore um, uh, is the just ridiculous person um, but we will get him I'll get him on a podcast as well I'll try and record one when I'm out in Spain maybe that would be cool we're on a Sunday Lemongrass cool. um, on tour Lemongrass on tour that's right but um yeah, just just massive nod to Mr. Ben Dorsey, yeah, who is incredible. just ridiculous sir, and seems like a lovely bloke, and straight down the line, which is the main theme that runs through all of these, all roadies, mm. I really think. And it is just like, they want to get the job done ASAP, safely, get done, get out, done. Mm. Thank you, you know what I mean? But yeah. they are lovely people as well. Yeah. But the thing is, is they also work with hundreds of people in a year. Mm-hmm. But when you it's see so when you when you also get the chance to work work in the sort of area that we work in at the minute, and then you get someone that has just gone to college mm. and has then gone into programming for it, then steps onto the back of the truck and then tries to tell you how to do it. I won't go into names. <laughs> Tells you how to do it, and uh, it's it's very interesting. But well, I I think uh, for the people for the people that are actually controlling this sort of stuff, uh, let your roadies work. Because they know what they're doing. Mm. If you're talking about packing trucks, that's what they do for their job. Mm. You're a lighting engineer. Well, one thing. <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh. Somebody just shot him right to the front of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> the, amount, the amount of times I had to say no to that guy. To oh. just, I was like, I understand you're like 30, and you know, like. He's not, though. He's yeah, like 25. He? Oh, okay. He's like 28, maybe. I, well, anyway, this guy's like, you know, he's. he. Well, the way he conducts himself, he's, a, he's more senior, holier than thou. And um, basically, he was one like, of the ones that signed. He was one of the ones that was there when the track. Uh, I'm right. Uh, side note: I'm stood on the back of the truck. This guy rolls out something. A job that either me or Mike or one of the other like core team have been taking care of is our responsibility. Our our responsibility. He comes out. Oh um, can I just no? Oh uh, yeah, but can I no? Yeah, but I really need to. No, you don't. Yeah, but can I no? Leave it. Yeah, I'll do it. I, like if I don't do it. It won't, this, this, Someone else is going to ask for this, and then you're not yeah. going to be here. Yeah, yeah. or the, the doors of the truck won't close at the end of the night because they're still out on the pavement. Yeah. Like, like, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> tell you what, we'll tell you, we'll tell you when you can bring it up. On the <laughs> yeah, exactly. Truck. Thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah, um, 
there there's a very interesting article that does follow on for this somewhat we're obviously wrapping up somewhat but mm-hmm. there's the unlike unlikely roadies are the unlikely survivors of the music business because uh you know it is the it is the sort of art form that people can't Whereas, whereas music chops and changes all the time. So got the guys that are driving the trucks, the guys that are pushing the buttons, the guys that are doing the bolts up, the guys that are putting the stage together, they're pretty much the same ones. And it's the it's the sort of mental... We're still uh, working with the guys that put the Who and yeah. Pink Floyd on. It's the approach to the, the job as well. Like, these people work long hours, work very hard. As we've said, mm-hmm. they have a lot of responsibility, Not not in... Not only from the like, okay, we've got thirty tons of stuff to get from A to B in a, in a particular order, blah blah blah. People's lives mm-hmm. are in their hands. Like and people's l- life. If these calculations are wrong, yeah, this is going to go. Yeah, or like l- the, the 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 guys who just get called in for to help pick stuff up off the truck who aren't particularly experienced can get very hurt. Yeah, if the the guys who know well, what they're doing have an off well, day, you know, yeah. like there's a lot of responsibility there, and it's the kind of the mental shift from the kind of glory days of sex, drugs, rock and roll. Mm-hmm. They're not just like... Which does still happen. Yeah. But they're not... Don't let anybody they're, tell they're you not, that it they're, It's not just chucking boxes on the back of a truck. It's that these guys have real skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they, they know that... They know exactly how to wire up a whole theatre's worth of stuff. You yeah. know, like... They make, they, make, they make a building into something that you would not believe... And mm. yeah, so that's what this. And you have to about, see it to believe basically. it, because you know that's what it's about. It is the theater. It is the theater of make believe, yeah. and it mm. is the theater. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the whole thing as well that, like, obviously, people at the kind of well, not even at the top of their game, people who just do it full time and well mm-hmm. uh, can earn more money than the people on the stage. Yeah, and it's like. Because they're doing, they're yeah. not doing it full time. Yeah, well. depends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It depends which, on the web. depends which way you look at it as to whether it seems worth it or not. In yes. that sense, um, in many ways, I would argue it definitely is worth it. Maybe mm. not perhaps that they have to be paid more, but that they get paid very handsomely. They get paid, uh, yeah, proportionally to what they're doing. Exactly, and what they're, well, it comes what they're insuring. The... Oh, yeah. But the thing is, is you it, it does come back to the you buy cheap, you buy twice, mm-hmm. and there is yeah. no option of there's buying no twice. buying twice on a human. <laughs> there life. is no option option. Of and also, twice. also on the on the credibility of a show, and and this is one thing that I feel the Madonna cape thing was actually a really big kind of like um, why it, why it, I mean that too, but it brought up a, an interesting thing of like whose fault was that, and uh, what if it wasn't. If it wasn't someone like it was Madonna, the person that tied if it wasn't the double some, knot. If it, if it, <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, like, like you just tied it like tied it like a shoelace, double knot. But but, but no, my my point is is like with with Madonna and uh, the kind of unstoppable machine that is the weight of her career. Something like that becomes a blip that then gets like ridiculed for a bit. Just get <laughs> it just gets like pumped around and, and everyone enjoys it for a while and then Madonna's goes just back to being Madonna. But yeah. some the things that can happen on stages like that can um, just people don't. fundamentally well they can not uh, beyond that they yeah. can something that goes on in a show if it gets set up wrong it can fundamentally change someone's either reputation as an artist or their outlook as on being out on stage in the first place. Absolutely. Some people have been completely scared off of live shows just uh, by, what was by her name? failures in What was her name? She came back event- this year. 
production. Oh, Kate Bush. Kate Bush. Yeah. Her guitarist got electrocuted. Yeah. Died that is, on stage. That could not be next. That's both of the things and we're that, talking that about. That was it's because that was because the PA system, the the um, electronic system that he plugged into. Because there's a lot of different, lot of different electronics in music, like in in live production. There's about umpteen different plugs yes. that all come from quite n- one plug not, socket. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> basically, it's just Fire that that that, <laughs> yeah. that plug socket is a two hundred and twenty-five amp yeah, socket, and it's thicker than your, thicker than your calf. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's huge, but if that system is not properly earthed, it melts a guitarist to the stage, mm. which is actually what happened. Yeah, horrific. You know what I mean. Mm. But then you also get the um, the people I've seen people. I've lost a tooth myself. I lost, on I lost a corner, corner of a tooth on um, on a show by someone just freewheeling a flight case to me and me changing its direction and it came up and it took the side, oh of, my, took, took the side of my tooth out, which hurt. <gasps> I've seen people that have lost the entire front row of their teeth. Mm, I got by carrying, in the face yesterday. By carrying <laughs> some, some With Egypt, a new pair of glasses too. Some Egypt threw a, uh, threw a drape at me the other day, which like, oh, nearly yeah. knocked the wind out of me. That was a That's, pretty good shot. Anyway, that was well good. Yeah. That was Josh, by the way. That was me. Josh. <laughs> Josh is a violent individual. In my head, it was payback for something. I can't remember what. Yes, too delirious at that point to yeah, have any I, real you, memories. In my head, you'd done something to warrant. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! It was simply the fact that you asked for it. <laughs> that, was, that was it. There, there, there were these boxes like buried in the truck, and me and Jet, me and me and Jedi the Legend were like, "Oh, shall we? Shan't we put them on the truck? Because these particular- shall we? Shan't we tip them? Oh, the, yeah, will we need those. these? These particular boxes have black-eyed, off, blackout drapes. Often been asked about at like six a.m. when you just don't even know what's happening anymore. Um, and I was like. No, I'm leaving them off the truck. So I go away, come back, and somebody's buried them in the truck. And then Mike radios us all like, "Hi yeah, guys, yeah, yeah, guys, yeah, yeah, hi guys, how's it going up there? Yeah, we need those drapes." I was like, oh. we had the drape, bo- "Drape boxes," and then yeah. came back to it. And uh, then a little bit later, we needed them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah it did happen again. <laughs> Thankfully, we, that was but kept anyway. in mind a little bit more for that one. Anyway. But yes, no, it. Uh, what if we're generally uh, we are actually working on a project. In order to try and expose, not expose, but in order to try and open open the curtains on, open the side curtains, shall we say, on the yeah. stage, so you can mm-hmm. actually see what's going open on the back wings. there. Open the wings. Open the wings. Yeah, absolutely. And never forget to sweep the wings. No, because no. <laughs> <laughs> you'd only end up sweeping yeah. it again. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I'm I'm going to love you and leave you. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'll, have a great time in Mallorca, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. driving to Mallorca. I'm not allowed to tell you the route. Primarily no, because no. the van is that expensive. He's. Uh, when do you leave? It's very. Strange, I leave. Yeah. I leave the UK on Friday next it's week. It's now Sunday, so yeah. I leave the. Yeah. I leave the UK on you're, Friday. And you're leaving. Oh London. yes, Friday evening. And you're leaving London before that. As and well, I'm leaving so. London next Tuesday. Yeah. So. But then I am going to swing back, and we will watch Age of Ultron. We we yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so to sum up, roadies are awesome. Yes. London is changing. Title. Yes. Uh, you can stream flat files. <laughs> yeah. um, and Microsoft to <laughs> enjoy the sunny, sunny world of love and peace. That's and Doug oh. is nearly at the bottom of the sea now. Doug's, is, Doug's on a boat. Doug's on a boat. Doug, if you're there, hope you find the depth charges. Yeah. It's, uh, They're the ones that sound like that. It's going to be rocky. <laughs> 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 yeah. Don't uh, look at the no. compass in the triangle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, Doug, Doug is uh, Doug's a Doug's a uh, 
very well versed podcast kind of guy. So this is the first one we're doing without him, and I'm, I'm without his guidance. I'm, also I love the it. fact that at the end of this podcast, he's like. He's, he's, he's going to have an opinion on how well it went or one way or the other. And then he's, he's going to be like, they're threatening to kill me now. Great. Yeah. <laughs> old, old Duglin Pugwash. <laughs> right, on that. <laughs> I'll see you in June and these guys will see you sooner. We're going to be bringing in some guests. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. Have fun listening Hello. to the podcast that you're part of on the road. I know. This is going to be fun. <laughs> I'm going to do that. And, do that. and I shall boo from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> Just. <laughs> oh. And check us out on uh, Lemongrass on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and SoundCloud and YouTube, most of all. Yes, yes. Um, and I think there's something called, what is it? Um, called Tidal. Tidal. You, you can get, you can actually hear knives and pots and pans crashing in the kitchen because yeah. it's a flat file it's great yeah but it's a flat file oh, oh! Yeah. sorry right. ladies and gents <laughs> 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 <laughs>